Good afternoon, dear parents and families of HES Academies and uh, our beautiful community. Uh, welcome to another family engagement broadcast. And with us is Hala Mala from uh, Access, Public Health Coordinator and Access Community Health and Research Center. Today's presentation is about parenting and adolescents, setting limits and boundaries with your child. Without further ado, here's Hala. Thank you, Isam, uh, for the introduction. And uh, thank you, everyone, for being uh, here today uh, to listen to this topic about setting limits and also how to set boundaries with your child, um, especially when they're going through uh, adolescence. And it might be a confusing time for parents and then as well as for the child themselves. So uh, with these tips, with some information, this should really guide you in having different conversations and then also, uh, you know, knowing what to talk about and then how to help them through any kinds of situations that might come up. Uh, because again, it might be a lot of unpredictable things that happen, but having something to fall back on, something to look to, uh, can really help prepare you for most of the things that might come their way. And so adolescence is the ages from 10 years old to 19 years old. And this is especially when the child is transitioning from childhood to adulthood. And so again, uh, the teenage years and everything uh, that comes with it is going to lead to a lot of different changes for the child. So physical, mental, and especially social. So this is going to be uh, them trying to find their place uh, in the world, in school, and then trying to develop their own personality and the things that they enjoy uh, and trying to find some sort of sense of uh, belonging with whatever, uh, you know, whatever place in life that they're at. And so these are also going to be very important years uh, in their development and, you know, how they're going to view themselves when they get older. And it's also going to affect what type of adult they become. Um, you know, how do they handle difficulties in adulthood, the kinds of careers that they get, and how do they uh, handle these situations when they are there as well. And they can also face a lot of lifelong effects from what they experience in adolescence. So trying to maximize the protective factors during adolescence. So anything that's going to really protect them against any danger, any uh, dangerous situations or unhealthy behaviors and unhealthy situations uh, is really what it's all about. And then trying to minimize the risk factors. So uh, those types of experiences, those types of things in their lives that might make them more, more vulnerable to any kind of unhealthy, uh, risky behavior, dangerous situations. And we know that, you know, we can't really protect them from every possible thing that could happen um, or else they might find themselves living in this type of fear. So it's really important to just try to maximize um, as many protective factors. And then if something does come up, which it will, uh, that may put them at some sort of risk. It's good to be able to know how to handle those situations afterwards. So that way we're minimizing the effects of that uh, situation, trying to minimize the harms. Uh, so what I like to say also is you know, not to have this perspective of only trying to avoid any kinds of situations, but knowing that situations could arise and they will arise, uh, but knowing how to handle the aftermath of it. So that way, the effects aren't long-lasting and the harms aren't long-lasting as well. And so that's what we're going to look into, uh, how you can have these conversations, and then also how uh, can you minimize those risk factors afterwards. 
And so parents, it's nothing new, uh, but they can face struggles when they're trying to raise their teenager. Uh, many parents might say, I don't know how to talk to them, or, you know, they're not talking to me. They uh, really just want to be left alone, or we're always having disagreements. We're always fighting, so to say. Um, and that's something that can happen, especially if uh, the parent and then the adolescent, the teen, the child aren't really on the same page. You know, this time, uh, teenagers are trying to form their own form of independence, trying to feel like they're growing up and then starting to separate a bit from everything that they have done when they were a child. You know, when they're a child, they're very close to the parents. Uh, most of the time, they're listening to everything the parent says. And then as a teenager, they're now trying to form that sense of independence, trying to show I can do this on my own, although they might definitely need some guidance since they're very new to a lot of different things. Um, you know, being a teenager is especially when there's always a new situation that they're facing every day. There's going to be something new they have to handle, a new situation they've never been in before. And that's because they're transitioning from being a child to an adult. And so more responsibility is placed and more opportunities are also there. So again, they're trying to maybe navigate these situations on their own. Uh, and then that, in a sense, starts to make them separate a bit from the parent. But the parent might mistake this as them uh, not wanting to talk to the parent and then the parent feeling like, you know, they're just not listening to me. I can't control them or anything like that. So really clarifying that this is most likely what's happening. They're just trying to figure things out for themselves. Uh, they're more likely to also uh, gravitate towards their peers, those that are their ages, um, and rather than turning to an adult right away. And so understanding that, and that's okay, that's going to happen. But that doesn't mean that we still, as parents, can't have these conversations and still can't be there to help them. Um, it's like knowing what situations, what moments in the day you can use to speak with them, and then really maximizing uh, that conversation, making sure we're saying the right things and really trying to help them as much as possible. And so, again, during adolescence, they are influenced by their peers very much during this time. And the risk comes here is that if their peers or the friends that they spend most of their time with um, aren't a good influence on them. So they're not really trying to uplift them. They're not trying to support them. They're usually friends who are trying to put them down or put them in situations that can harm them. So uh, risky situations, they put them down. They're not really supportive of them. They're not someone who um, is a healthy friend for them to be around. But if they do have those good friends, those healthy friends, uh, that's really good to keep that up, to encourage them to spend more time with those friends and try to be around those friends that they uh, can really learn from, can really feel supported from. And that way they're better influenced because they're going to be influenced either way. But it's really good to make sure that the friends they're being influenced by um, have their best interest in mind and also knowing that your child can be a good influence for their peers and their friends as well. So teaching them the importance of, you know, uh, being careful of who your friends are and how to really um, choose a friend. How can they start thinking about the kinds of friends they have? You know, if someone's mistreating them constantly, to let them know that's not okay and they need to look for friends who actually care for them because someone who might mistreat them might not be um, a friend after all for them. So they might just be unaware of that. They might feel like they don't have any other friends, but to let them know that is a possibility to always make a new friend and uh, be very selective about what types of people you really want to spend a lot of your time with. So having those conversations, and again, if you feel like they have friends who uh, might not be too healthy for them, who really bring them down, having those conversations and letting them know that they should choose this decision on their own 
and to really care about themselves enough to have friends that are better for them and who are more supportive um, of them. Uh, because again, during adolescence, the brain uh, development is still incomplete. So the part of the brain that is responsible for thinking decisions through, for really being logical and planning your steps ahead of time before acting um, is developing, but the reward center of the brain is developing before that during the teenage years. So the teens are more likely then to go towards behaviors that feel good, that are exciting, um, that are risky, uh, rather than really sitting there and thinking about all their decisions all the time. So it doesn't mean that they're not thinking at all about their decisions, that they're not planning ahead, because they are, um, but they're more likely to be trying to take more risks or do impulsive kinds of behaviors um, rather than just sitting and thinking things through. So if they need some more time to really sit and think their decisions through, uh, to think about their friendships and their behaviors, that's kind of where parents can come in and help with that. So also understanding if your child, if your adolescent um, is, you know, not thinking things through sometimes or they make mistakes, that's completely normal. Uh, this is definitely going to happen a lot during these years um, and to allow them that space to learn from their mistakes, to give them uh, advice that can help them next time or really giving them those kinds of um, experiences that you've had and then giving them that information in that kind of manner. So if they do make a mistake, um, educating them about it, letting them know how they should do something else uh, the next time or how they should avoid that kind of behavior um, or they should handle things differently next time. But not to really make them feel as if, you know, that mistake makes them a bad person and, you know, putting a lot of pressure on them because then they're less likely to really turn to the parent to get that advice next time or to get help the next time they make a mistake. So normalizing that it's going to happen, they're going to make some mistakes, but parents, we're here to help them, we're here to support them, uh, and we're here to have those conversations to guide them through it. And so this thoughtful, positive parenting, everything I described, um, having those conversations, being there to give them uh, guidance during these times is really what's needed. So that thoughtful, positive parenting, uh, trying to promote a strong bond with the child, a strong relationship with them. And this really is going to be the biggest protective factor for the teenagers, um, especially when it comes to taking uh, part in high-risk behaviors later on in life. And as parents, this is all about really trying to look at what does the child need um, and how can I care for them? What can I do to really improve their overall well-being and to really help them through this time? And we're, you know, parents are here to respond to the child's needs, to care for them, to spend time with them, uh, and to really try to establish that bond with them and to make sure they remain close with each other. So being able to turn, uh, the child's able to then turn to the parent, get the help that they need, and the parent can also turn to the child as well um, and really support each other in those kinds of ways. And so these are some different ways um, that are listed here of, you know, how can uh, parents use different parenting styles to really try to form that relationship, that bond with the child, and then also how to really teach them and, you know, allow them to be independent adults because that's what they're looking for. They want that sense of independence, but how can a parent help them do that? And so understanding that they're seeking the sense of independence, they're trying to be more responsible and so parents can give them more responsibility slowly uh, in whatever form it might be, you know, whether it starts with something around the house or something with school, 
uh, maybe signing them up for something after school. So that way they have the sense of responsibility and the sense of needing to hold themselves accountable for everything that they have going on in their lives. So in that sense, parents can slowly start to uh, let the child feel the sense of independence as they get older, and that way the child takes that on for themselves. So as an adult, they're more likely to be more responsible, uh, more independent, but able to turn for help uh, when needed. So that starts with the parents uh, being there to help them out when needed, and then having that healthy balance of responsibility, independence, but you know, parents are always here uh, to help support when needed. And that also is a key point for this is respecting them um, as much as possible to listen to them whenever they speak. So if they are going through something, if they're speaking about something, really being there to listen to them, to listen to what they have to say, uh, their experiences and everything that's going on. So that way they're able to better uh, cope with anything that's happening and better able to really uh, think things through for themselves. So the parent is there to respect the child, listen to them, and not to really invalidate their own experiences and their own needs as well. So um, if a child, teenager, turns to the parent, tells them about something that's going on, um, for the parent to not dismiss it right away, not to say no, um, or that's not true, that's not what's happening. Because whatever the child is going through, they really find it important to turn to the parent, and they're just trying to learn how to navigate the situation. Because parents have had a lot of experiences, they've uh, been around for a lot longer, and so they might know how to handle a certain situation. But to know that, you know, for parents, um, they were a child at one point, and so a lot of experiences were new to them as well. So kind of putting your situation, um, your mind in that situation as a parent, thinking back to when you were an adolescent, how were things for you? And then how would you have wished an adult would have helped you out or a parent or someone uh, could have helped you? and guide you through these years to make things easier for you. And so that's kind of what we can keep in mind um, as parents um, navigating these years and helping children out as well. And also with this work, it really does, you know, as a parent, really helps to raise a child's self-esteem, um, especially when parents avoid criticizing them too much or uh, having unrealistic expectations on the child. So in order to really increase those protective factors, like I mentioned earlier, we must be able to increase a child's self-esteem and help them form their self-image to make sure their self-image is a positive one. So with self-esteem, it's overall how the child feels about themselves, how the teen feels about themselves and their place in the world, and then also uh, how they just really think they can handle the things that go on in their lives. So if they have high self-esteem, a positive self-image, then they're more likely speaking about themselves, thinking about themselves in a way that's supportive, in a way that uplifts them, uh, rather than tearing themselves down or discouraging themselves. So with that high self-esteem, with that positive self-image, they're more likely to set goals, to achieve them, uh, to take risks in life that are healthy and beneficial for them. And they're more likely to really achieve a lot more. So with school, with work, and you know anything that they set their mind to, um, they're more likely to really uh, feel that overall sense of accomplishment and that sense of uh, satisfaction with who they are. And that really starts, uh, you know, part of it starts in the home, having a parent or a caregiver who is really there to support the child to contribute to that positive self-talk. So if a parent avoids criticizing and bringing the child down, 
then the child will take on those words, will use that positive language to form a belief about who they are. But if a parent is criticizing the child, putting them down, then the child's really going to take all that uh, negative talk inward and start to view themselves in that way. And so that's the last thing we want for a teen, especially um, because they're already going through a lot. It's a lot of uncertainty and they really need to be on their own side and to really be there for themselves or else they're not really going to um, have a smooth time going through their adolescence and trying to accomplish a lot more uh, throughout their tra uh, adulthood. And then also accepting our own limitations, uh, being honest with ourselves. So for parents uh, to make sure that they're honest with who they are and then also accepting their own limitations so that way they're not putting that on the child, on the adolescent. Um, they're there to see the child in a more realistic way because they know everyone has limitations, everyone uh, might make a mistake. And so being honest with yourself, that's a good first step. So that way you're able to not be so harsh on the teenager, on the adolescent uh, when they do make a mistake. So that way they learn how to, again, be honest to themselves and then hold themselves accountable. And, you know, there might also be a lot of things that are going on for parents. So there's work and other aspects of life. And a parent might not be able to really spend as much time with the child, with the adolescent um, as they would like to. So really trying to look for that balance. I can't stress that enough. With a lot of things, we need to find a good balance uh, to make sure it's not really all or nothing. Uh, and so having that balance where a parent is able to still care for their own selves, um, other responsibilities, other areas in their lives, but still making that time to be with the child in a quality kind of way. So it doesn't matter about how many hours you spend with the child, as long as it's really a quality kind of time. Uh, you're spending that close time really speaking with them and supporting them as well. So, you know, parent and child are not just distracted, not speaking to one another, uh, that they're, they're having that meaningful kind of interaction as well. And so there's always room for you to learn new methods. There's always room to grow. Um, if one approach of trying to speak to your child didn't work this time, that's completely fine. Uh, we can definitely try to do some other approach uh, moving forward as well. And these are the most important aspects of this uh, parent and adolescent relationship. And it really is that sense of connection between the child, between the teenager um, and the parent. And then having that close monitoring over the child without really over interfering. So what this means is being aware of what your teenager, what your child's going through, um, what kinds of situations are happening, but not really being over uh, involved and really like overbearing in a way. So you allow them that room to breathe, you allow them that room to make small mistakes, but you're still there to help them out. You're still there uh, to give them advice, guidance when that is needed. So that way it's not completely uh, ignoring the situations and it's not completely ignoring their sense of independence and allowing them that room to really develop that responsibility for their own selves. And giving them that freedom to think independently because that's a very important skill um, for them as they go into adulthood, as they go on through their lives. Uh, because uh, if a parent is over-involved, again, there isn't that balance, then the child might become overly dependent on the parent or the caregiver to make decisions for them. So we, you know, as parents might want to interfere right away if something is going on, a parent can't just sit back and let the child make a mistake because the parent is thinking, I know what to do, I can help their situation, 
um, I can let them avoid all these mistakes. And so the parent might just jump in right away without even speaking to the child about it. Uh, if a child gets into a fight with another friend, you know, most of the time parents are right there ready to speak to the child, speak to the parents um, instantly without really asking the child what happened and what's going on. Uh, so having that conversation first, getting an understanding, and then allowing the teenager, the child to make a decision with your help as well. So it doesn't mean you can't be involved at all. But again, having that balance and taking the steps to really uh, handle it in a way that's effective. So that way you're still protecting your child, uh, your adolescent, but you're also allowing them to learn how to handle things for themselves and how to navigate life for themselves moving forward. Because this can also be a large protective factor um, against future behavior. So if, especially during the teenage years, uh, if your teen finds themselves in a situation with peers and they might be pressured into doing some risky behaviors, by having that skill early on, the teenager is better able to make a healthy decision for themselves, make better choices for themselves um, on their own without really being overly dependent on someone else to make that decision for them. And these are some tips for that positive parenting I mentioned. So making sure that the love that is being given to the adolescent uh, isn't conditional. So you want that unconditional love. And this means really being on their side no matter what, allowing your child, your adolescent to know that you still love them no matter what. So even if they make a mistake, you're not going to stop loving them. And that way they don't really connect their mistakes to themselves, to who they are. And they don't uh, feel that if they make a mistake, then they're unloved or they're unlovable. So that way the love isn't really tied to conditions uh, because that can be a very large uh, risk factor moving forward for them. So showing them that unconditional love, being on their side no matter what, if they have made a mistake, if they're wrong, um, letting them know about that and separating the mistake from who they are. So letting them know this is not okay. Um, you know, that's a bad thing to do, but you're not a bad person. So really separating that instead of saying you're bad uh, for doing that or, you know, you're always making mistakes. You don't really want to connect that to their identity because that, again, is going to be taken on as their own view of themselves, their own belief of themselves, and that's not really going to help them uh, moving forward. And then also uh, to avoid trying to bribe them to be better. So, you know, if you do better in school, uh, then you'll get this and that. You can really let them know it'd be great for you to do well in school um, for yourself. It's really good to focus on your learning, your grades. Um, and then there's nothing wrong with giving them some form of reward, but not really connecting that directly with a reward. So that way they kind of feel like everything they do um, has to be connected to something right away, that instant gratification, um, instant reward just for doing things that you know they should be doing um, on their own for themselves. So finding that balance again um, in those aspects. And then keeping a close watch is very important. Again, just because a parent isn't uh, overly involved doesn't mean that they still can't keep a close watch. They still can't be aware of what their child is up to. So just being generally aware of their daily routine, what are they up to, uh, what kinds of friends do they have, who their friends are. It's really good to at least know about their friends uh, to know who they are, what type of people they are. So that way you have an idea of what kinds of influences your child is being uh, exposed to regularly. And then knowing where they spend most of their time um, and having that communication open and kept with the parents of your adolescent's uh, friends. 
So having some form of understanding of who this person is and who uh, your child is really spending most of their time with. And it's also really effective to keep communication with the school, with teachers, uh, just being regularly aware of what they're up to, how are they performing in school, uh, really speaking with the teachers and attending those meetings, um, going to the school as often as possible whenever the opportunity is there, just to really know, you know, how is your child performing and how are people viewing them as well and what is going on. So that way we're better able to handle anything uh, before it happens or to really uh, intervene early on so that way the issue doesn't go too far. And this is also really connected with that importance of having discipline, of, you know, explaining the family rules and to use these punishments in an appropriate amount. So with discipline, again, uh, when you set those rules, you're not really going to sway back from the rules uh, too often. You tell the child, this is what we expect. These are the rules that you should follow. And, you know, this is what will happen if you don't follow these rules. And again, if they break a rule, if it's an accident or a mistake, again, letting them understand uh, the you know effects of these kinds of actions, uh, the harms that could have happened to them, but not to really be uh, inappropriately punishing them, like if it's not really matching the severity of the mistake. So if they make a small mistake, to give it a small amount of that punishment just to match whatever behavior was happening. Uh, and then to also follow that up with speaking and explaining as well. So that way they know what's going on. And a really great way is uh, the authoritative parenting style. So this means where a parent is nurturing, is protecting, is understanding, um, and also supports the child, but is still firm with the limits. So not being a permissive parent where if a child breaks a rule um, or limits are constantly being broken and um, you know they're not being respected, uh, that's a different kind of format to, you know, really follow. But authoritative is uh, one of the best parenting styles there could be. And it's really helpful to use this approach when setting rules, setting limits, but also explaining that to them, you know, what happens if they break a rule. And you listen to the child's viewpoint. If they explain to you, this is unfair, this is not something I like, you can understand their viewpoint, listen to them. But you don't always have to accept it. So that way they don't always feel I'm right um, or my parent will always change their mind. That way they start to feel like they can get away with anything. So in this kind of way, um, a parent is setting rules, is having a good balance with the amount of rules, the amount of support as well. And they're listening to the child. So they're not completely shutting them down. They allow them to have uh, and express a healthy amount of their own opinion, their own view but they still are firm on their own rules and own limits. And so now we'll look into how do we set these boundaries? How do we set these limits? So uh, we looked a bit about, you know, the importance of doing this and also why this should be done. And so now we'll look at how this can happen and how it will play out um, and all the effects that it can have. So empathy is very important, uh, really feeling for them knowing that we were all in that situation at one point and knowing how difficult it can be uh, to go through adolescence, um, especially transitioning from a child uh, all the way to an adult is a very uh, difficult time and they need a lot of guidance with this. So understanding them, understand where they're coming from and to really avoid making those quick judgments whenever they make a mistake. 
and to know that how would you like to be treated if you had made a mistake um, instead of just being uh, really, you know, punished right away or not heard or not listened to. Um, it would be really nice to want to be heard, listened to, uh, supported, but then also explain to you that these are mistakes, these are the rules, um, and being firm on those kinds of things. So that way the child really starts to feel like they want to uh, make these decisions for their own selves rather than I have to do this um, just because. So they start to understand the reason behind certain behaviors and doing certain things. That way they'll uh, be motivated on their own to do this instead of looking for that uh, reward externally. And then also maintaining the teen's privacy. You can keep a watch on them, but also allow them to have their own space. So it'll be better for your child, your adolescent, to feel like they have a safe space and they can tell you things uh, when they've made mistakes. They can turn to you for help. Uh, and then that way they're not really so afraid to mess up that they just keep it a safety uh, or a secret from you. Because that can really be um, a safety issue if a child is making some sort of mistake, is uh, taking part in behaviors that are risky, unhealthy behaviors for them, uh, potentially life-threatening behaviors. And just because they're so afraid to turn to their parent, they might keep it a secret. And then we know we can't help a child if we don't know what's going on, um, if they don't turn to us. So that way, when they try to keep it a secret, they end up really never getting the help that they need. And then eventually, when the truth comes out, it's often too late, unfortunately. Um, to help them or to help them as best as possible. So it's really good to maintain that kind of relationship, to maintain their privacy uh, with these balance because we want them to turn to us. Um, that way we can help them because if they don't turn to us, then you know there's only so much we can do. And then also allowing uh, for any natural consequences. So Again, like what was mentioned earlier, if a child, a teenager makes a mistake, it might be very difficult um, for a parent to just sit back and watch everything play out. And then that's when we see a lot of parents right away try to intervene, uh, try to really manage the situation on their own. And, you know, as, as much as we want to do that, it's really good to take a step back um, and to allow things to play out. Again, using your best judgment, knowing when to step in, when it's needed. Uh, but until then, to really offer them support, offer them guidance uh, without really taking over completely. So we're allowing the child to make their own choices and to learn uh, these much needed skills. But again, if, they're, uh, if the situation seems like it's not getting any better and it feels like this is the point where I need to step in, then you're more than welcome to do so um, and help them out through these situations as well. And with that parenting style, the authoritative parenting style, um, it's important to be firm and consistent. So when you set rules, you let your child know what's okay and then what's not okay. And when you're firm on those rules and you're consistent with those rules, so if they break that rule again, you're going to be just as consistent. You're not going to, you know, one day say, okay, you can do this. The next day, no. That way, they never really know what's to come next. So they have that consistency to fall back on. And then this really prevents them from trying to really push you over or try to uh, take advantage of your own leniency um, or of the rules. That way they know I can't do this kind of thing because my parent uh, set this rule. My parent says this is not okay and I don't want to break that rule. And then also when we establish that uh, kind of relationship, that kind of connection with the child, 
they start to really think twice about their actions because not only do they not want to break a rule, but they don't want to break your trust. They don't want to harm that relationship that they have with you. And so the relationship with you becomes uh, very important to them. And if there isn't a strong relationship to begin with, then the child might think that's okay um, if I harm this relationship with my parent. We really don't have one to begin with. So that's a really dangerous uh, mindset to really get the adolescent in. Uh, so having that relationship that's strong, supportive, uh, really allows the child to turn back to that and to know I have a lot to lose if I do break a rule or if I uh, purposely break the rules that my parents set for me. And again, you know, you don't, you might not want to disappoint your teenager, but sometimes it's better to have a teenager who's disappointed in you um, because of a rule that they broke than to really lose respect for you. Because again, that respect is very difficult to gain back, um, but they'll get over it if they're disappointed. They'll stop feeling upset if you tell them they can't go somewhere when they really wanted to, um, again, because that is your rule. Uh, so they know that you're consistent with the rule and they'll get over that, but the respect for you will remain and will stay there. And then also keeping the bigger picture in mind, trying to remind yourself um, and your teenager of how when things happen to them in life, when they go through a situation, that everything will resolve itself, everything will get better. Um, if your teenager made a mistake, to know for your own self that it's not the end of the world, um, things will blow over, you will get through this, and everything does pass with time. And what's more important is that they were able to learn something from this mistake. Uh, they were able to learn something from the situation. And so were you as well. You were able to learn uh, more about your adolescent. You were able to learn more about the connection, the relationship with them, and also more able to learn about how to handle these situations next time. So in a way, both the parent and the child are able to learn a lot from these situations. So not to be so afraid of making a mistake, to know that these can happen but how can we handle them uh, better? And then also what might come from this? So what benefit could happen from this kind of situation? And so things will not always go the way the teenager wants them to. And as a parent, things aren't always gonna go, you know, as you know, uh, don't always go as planned. And if most of the time things always go unplanned, um, then they do as you have planned them. So to know that these are completely okay. And this allows the child then as an adult to know that they can handle most things that come their way. And if they can't handle something, that's completely fine because things pass with time and they don't really connect to those mistakes or those situations with who they are as a person. So it really does begin, uh, again, from when they're a child, having these this foundation formed is super important in allowing the child to grow into an adult who's overall healthy, uh, with their well-being socially, physically, and mentally as well. And these small skills that we practice here uh, really go a long way, and they're more important than we might think they are because they might feel like little steps that we're taking, but they really uh, make up the bigger picture overall. And also, um, when all else fails, to really just remember your own adolescent years. Uh, remember what you went through as a teenager and the kinds of situations that you had uh, to experience. And so this allows you to have a bit more empathy to feel for them um, and to really understand anything that your teenager might be experiencing um, and how to handle them as well. So I know the world looks 
a lot different from when parents were adolescents themselves. Um, but although the situations have changed in a way, the experiences are really similar. Uh, they really go through the same kinds of uh, transitions in school, trying to think about what future career they want, what they want to do in college, what type of school to go to, uh, the kinds of friends they want to be with. And those are really universal experiences that um, everyone really faces um, during these years. So although you know they have different things that they might be um, exposed to or different situations, it's really all the same at its core, at its root. And it's really important to uh, know those types of skills to be teaching them and the types of conversations to be having. Um, and that way you can use your own experiences as a way to give them that guidance and that advice as well. And then also listening to them when they talk, allowing them that chance to express their ideas, their beliefs, and to correct anything and give them advice in a gentle kind of way. So not completely dismissing them and then not allowing their uh, incorrect views to just you know go on. Uh, to correct them when needed, uh, again, with that good balance for them. And then also teaching them the importance of taking responsibility uh, for their actions, forming that sense of independence, and then also about all the things that they might be experiencing in life. So to let them know that these difficulties are going to show up, but it's completely okay, they'll know how to handle them. And then they also have that support they need um, if they were to you know, face these situations. And again, they will try to have these new experiences, they will make some mistakes, but allowing them, uh, giving them the help to make those right decisions, and then also having that good communication is very important uh, in doing all this. So it really comes down to the relationship, the trust, and then also the communication uh, that goes on. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect. So it doesn't mean the teenager has to be perfect. It doesn't mean you have to be perfect at all. And being a good parent, you know, there's going to be mistakes that are made. There's always more to learn, and that's completely okay. Uh, so parents might often feel worried, frustrated. Uh, they might feel angry at times. And to really be able to model that ability to apologize if a mistake has been made on your end. Um, and that really does set a good example for your teen. So maybe you might handle a situation with your adolescent. Um, when you look back at it, you kind of regret what you said or how you handled it. And that's okay to make that mistake. Um, and you can really turn back to your child and let them know, uh, this is not how I wanted to say that, or I shouldn't have done that. And that really does set a good example for your teenager to take accountability uh, for their actions and to be able to apologize when they do mess up. And that also does help them to learn how to manage emotions and how to fix relationships as well, uh, using the right social skills. And that is the end of the uh, information of the presentation. And so if there are any questions at all about this, I am here uh, to answer. Thank you, Hala, for this presentation. And thanks for everyone who is watching this. Uh, it's a very important topic of how to deal with our uh, mm -hmm. Sorry, oh, I think your volume is cutting off. But... Sorry. <laughs>
but thank you. Um, I'm not sure if the audio is still, it might be just on my end, it's kind of cutting off. HES Academies have been serving the Detroit metro area for over 23 years, promoting academic excellence, leadership, and cultural diversity, ranking as some of the top schools in the state of Michigan. Our pre-K through 12th grade students enjoy tuition-free, state-accredited education by STEM-certified and highly qualified staff with no geographical restrictions, and with advanced placement, college dual enrollment, scholarship, and Arabic